This is Donnie Tuttle, the Sell Anywhere trainer, coach, and practitioner. Welcome to the only podcast designed for the remote sales professional and the remote leader, helping you live with more joy, more freedom, and more productivity. We believe that your talent is not limited to years of code and that you can build the life that you want while selling from anywhere. What is up, Sell Anywhere crowd? So appreciative that you would think enough to hit the play button with us. I know we all believe the same thing, that if you can sell anywhere, you can sell everywhere, and that your talent is not limited to your zip code. We have with us someone really cool today that I met through really a friend of a friend, and man, I have, I have dug into the man, and uh, possibly at the end of this podcast, you may even be a myth, the one and only Jason Bay, uh, who does some really, really cool things, but um, I'm going to let him tell you about that, and we'll, we'll talk about what that means for you, where you're at, wherever that's at, but uh, man, Jason, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me on, Donnie. Been looking forward to this. Uh, excited to uh, dig into to what we have on the agenda for today, man. Love it, brother. Yes, our paths have finally crossed. The stars have aligned, and we've tried to make this happen a couple of times, and it just wasn't happening. But uh, Jason hung in there with me, and here we are. Jason, this is a Sell Anywhere podcast, man. So tell us, where are you at, brother? Where is this from? I'm in Austin, Texas. So my wife, Sarah, and I run our business, Blissful Prospecting. And I've been selling virtually since 2014. So prior to that, I was in more of an outside sales role, you know, where I had to travel, you know, to clients and stuff like that. But uh, I definitely prefer selling over the phone through Zoom, that sort of thing. You can work in your PJs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So other than being able to work in your PJs, <laughs> why, why do you work this way, man? Did it, is it by design? Did it start out that way? Like, how do you find yourself in this space where um, I'm, I'm looking at you, you're, you're in, the, in one of the rooms of your beautiful new home. Congratulations on that. But how did this yeah. whole thing happen, man? Well, yeah, one of the things that we looked for, especially when starting Blissful Prospecting and just, you know, since I sort of left my corporate job was a way that I could leverage and maximize my time. And one thing that I noticed, because I, I used to, I came from the construction industry and I was doing outside sales and we would sell uh, house painting services. So I was driving around all through Portland, you know, Oregon, uh, back and forth. And yeah, you know, it might take 45 minutes to an hour to get to an appointment. And I thought, you know, how cool would it be to not have to worry about that, not have to do the drive time, not have to do the commute, and then also not be limited geographically to working with people in my location. So one of the things that was really appealing when I left my uh, job was, well, how can I have a business where I help people, you know, do what I'm doing now, selling and managing salespeople and doing prospecting and that sort of thing. And how could I expand the reach a little bit? and work with people all over the United States and potentially in other parts of the world as well. But the reason why we started Blissful Prospecting is when I left corporate America, I was doing business to consumer sales. And then now I have to do this business to business component where I'm finding, I gotta find prospects because I went through the thing that most consultants go through at the very beginning, 
is you let everyone in your network know you're available for hire. Business is really good for three to six months. And then I, you know, I was going to meet up with, I just didn't really know how the B2B game worked. And I had just been to one too many meetup groups where I wasn't really talking <laughs> to people that could hire me or say yes to me. And I was like, you know, what's this outbound thing? And that's when I started experimenting with LinkedIn and cold email and sort of how that stuff worked. And then we, I realized that there wasn't really a lot of solutions for small businesses uh, that were looking for this type of help. Most of it was geared towards enterprise or selling to enterprise. And that's where we saw the need for blissful prospecting. So take me to the spot, Jason. All right. So you're at that one meetup too many. Like what, what happened and what flipped in your brain to kind of like give you the aha? So for me, I'm, I'm an introverted person. Uh, so I, I don't like going to networking events. I still don't like doing that unless I, I love organizing stuff like that and, and that sort of thing. But I went to this one. It was a tech meetup group. And I'd been to this one as like a once a month thing, you pay 15 or 20 bucks and it's like good crowd of people, but you'd go there, you sit, you know, there for an hour through presentation, spend an hour meeting people and then had an after event at the bar and like you go and you know, whatever you hang out and do the happy hour thing. Right. And I'd done that for three or four months and I'm like, you know, I haven't even talked to anyone that would even be interested in doing a sales call with me because these are just not like the type of people, most of these are just employees at a, at a company. It's, there's not a lot of business owners here. And I started thinking about, well, what is my ideal client? And I had a realization that my ideal clients are not going to these meetup events. And that was like where I had the light bulb moment. I was like, you know, I need to start reading about how to actually find clients outside of word of mouth and referrals. Cause you can't scale a business off that. Woo, dude. So Dude, I had you go there because there have been, I can't even tell you, I've been in that spot, okay, where, where you're yeah. talking about, but uh, going to these <laughs> things, especially if you're introverted, and even if you're not, you're like, eh, what do I do? There's this whole, it's like a middle yeah. school dance, right? <laughs> That's a really funny, it, it felt like a middle school dance to me. I was like, you know, hanging out with my friends, watching the like yeah. five people that were not afraid to to dance and do that sort of thing and just be like way too scared to participate and engage and not really talking to anyone. And yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. So then, then the person who, who works these things, um, your, your exploration sounds very familiar um, to a story that I've lived maybe a few times, but then you, then you flip the switch and you're like, okay, I'm going in, I'm going in. And you go out there and you shake a hundred hands. Hey, you know, like whatever it is, you shake a hundred hands, you come back with a stack of business cards and then you realize these aren't even the people I want to reach anyway. Yeah. Right. And it they don't, they aren't really connected energy. to the people that I want to reach either. You know, so there's, there was like no mutual benefit really there at all. Yeah. So guys, listen, um, tune in because Jason's going to kind of give us a switch because if you are tired of playing, I don't know, prospecting pinball, <laughs> where you're just like <laughs> bouncing off of people, Jason, like, so, so, what was, what did you find from this moment? Because it, it feel like I feel the, it's not just frustration. It's, it's just that place of where it's like, there's an emptiness you show up and like nothing happens. So you went back and you were innovative and talk to me about the innovation, man. Yeah. And the way I would describe the feeling is that an immense feeling of urgency too, right? Where I think the worst place to be in as a salesperson or a business owner is when you need business instead of wanting someone's business. Mm. And the difference between those two is that when you want something, you can say no. <laughs> when you need something, it's very hard to say no. 
So the whole point of prospecting and what I wanted to do was fill a pipeline because that's what I had at my job when I was selling painting services is, yeah, hey, I'd meet with 10, 15, 20 customers each week. We had people coming in and signing up off, off Yelp and there was a lot of abundance. So, and there was three, four, five people each week that could say yes to me that did. And I was trying to figure out how to accomplish that for myself. So really what I learned and through the resources that I consumed at the very beginning and, and through a lot of trial and error was it really comes down to a, a five-step process. So the, and the process is actually very, it's pretty simple. In terms of it being easy to execute, those are two different things. But it really starts with the ideal client profile. So you getting really crystal clear on, you know, what is the type of company that is the best fit uh, for my services? You know, what does that company look like? Is there an industry pattern I notice? Is there a particular employee count? What sort of needs or challenges might they be having that I can solve? That's number one. Number two is building the actual list. So once you find out the ideal client profile, you use that as a lens or a filter to build a list of companies. We could talk about what tools to use here in a second. And then it's finding the decision makers and the people that you want to reach out to, the personas. And then it's writing the messaging. And then lastly, executing that, right? Sending the emails, sending the LinkedIn messages, the personalized videos, uh, whatever it might be. That's the framework that you're going to find most businesses take that are successful at prospecting. So Jason, you don't just do business with anyone that will do business with you. <laughs> you don't just take whoever will, will uh, give you a credit card number. Talk to me about this want versus need because, um, my man in the world of sales and selling, and especially when some my audience, you know, uh, again, you know who we are, man. We, some of them are digital nomads. Mm -hmm. Almost none of them are, are in a traditional office. And so sometimes these different scenarios can actually bring like a different feeling of want or need and desperation to the picture. What happens, man, when I'm doing that? What happens when I'm taking every dollar that's coming my way? They're not all created equal, are they? Uh, definitely not. And we actually, what we ran into in the very beginning of our business, which was really strange because when we started Blissful Prospecting, I didn't really, I had a good idea of who our ideal client would be, but I didn't really know until I started reaching out to them. I thought it would be like marketing agencies that offer business to business marketing services, needing help with sales and that sort of stuff. And what we found out is actually nonprofits are a good example of something that was totally unexpected for us that we found out because they came to us through, through LinkedIn wanting, wanting our help. What we found though is that a lot of business, because I was really active on LinkedIn and still am, a lot of people would come to us and they had the budget to hire us, but we didn't end up being the best fit. We kind of learned the hard way because we struggled getting results for them. And that's what you can run into if you're not proactive about and have a really good idea of who you can help is that you're, you might run into a situation where someone can actually afford to hire you and you're not actually the best fit to help them. And it's not because you don't know what you're doing. It's just the solution is not the best fit for their particular business and what they're looking for. So I would say that's the biggest thing. Um, the other thing too is you got to think, the thing that's going to get you out of the prospecting out of desperation is that once you build a pipeline and get opportunities and you start talking to people, the smart thing to do if you're really targeted is you'll start this thing where you start working with more clients that are like the ones that you want to help. And those are where the really good case studies and the testimonials come from. 
So if you're just working with all kinds of different people with all kinds of different needs, your testimonials and case studies are not going to be really, really that relevant when you're selling. Whereas like we found and just the example with nonprofits, well, now that we know that nonprofits are good, we have like really good case studies with nonprofits and they relate to the nonprofits we're reaching out to. And it just starts this train that, that builds momentum. It becomes easier and easier and easier to build your pipeline and easier to sell because it becomes more relevant and more contextual to the people that you're selling to. Dude, that is powerful. And you hit something that I want to, um, this, this is, this is actually, this is, this is a big thing if people will listen, because you've mentioned a couple of words, you said case studies and testimonials, mm -hmm. right? One of the quickest ways that we can actually build trust and rapport with people is through what we're doing for others. So oftentimes people get into, again, I'm just, I'm going into the mindset of this person who just says, go, 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 go. But if you will, if you will slow down and get this right, it's going to make the rest of the process easier. So how does Jason Bay gather testimonials and gather, um, you know, stories of, of people you've helped? Mm -hmm. So one thing that you can do to step back just a little bit is, so that first step that I outlined, ideal client profile, one thing that you can do if you're like, if you're thinking right now, Jason, um, well, there's, my solution is industry agnostic. Are there so many different industries that we work with and so many different types of people we can help legitimately? Here's what I would do. I, I would look through like your last maybe quarter, depending on how many uh, sales calls that you're doing. And, and how many clients that you work with. And if not, maybe you could send it back to six months, but open up your CRM and look for patterns and ask yourself this, say, you know, who are the people that I really enjoyed working with because they were people I could get really good results for? Those are where testimonials obviously are gonna come from. Who were the people that had the shortest sales cycle? And if you have a simple CRM, it should be able to tell you all this stuff. So in other words, who was the easiest to sell that you didn't have to like oversell and like tell them they need what you have and all this, they just sort of got what you were selling. And then the other thing too is who gave you referrals? So if you look at those three patterns, typically you'll find out there's a commonality of some sort in the business size, size of the department, um, the industry, whatever it might be. Once you find those patterns, use that to create your ideal client profiles. So that might look like something like, uh, hey, I sell uh, selling uh, sales solutions or sales coaching or training to SaaS companies that are 11 to 50 employees with five salespeople on their team. And the founder still is active in, in, in some of the sales. And maybe they sell business to business or business to consumer, whatever it is. That's, that's how defined it should be. And then once you have that and you look back at your portfolio, that's just going back to the clients and, and asking them, you know, hey, I'm building this case study for people specifically like you. We accomplish these results. If I write, and I typically will make the entire case study and suggest what I would like the testimonial to say and then ask them if that's okay and let them actually approve it. Because they're oftentimes, unless you do a short sort of interview with them, they're not going to give you the little tidbits that you need in order to actually get those, you know, bite-sized chunks that are going to be good for selling. So it's interesting and... Um... Listen, if, if we're going to do this, Jason, what you just did was you took, I'm holding up two remote controls here, right? You <laughs> took this one and you turn into this one. Yeah. You gave me one button to mash because you prepared that for me. So if we want this kind of help, we absolutely need to make it easy 
on the people that we're asking. And how, how does that actually help you? Again, I'm just, uh, I'm teeing this up, but how does that help you when you're reaching out to people who are, who are similar? Have you, have you seen how it's um, accelerated the sales cycle? Like how, how do you use it? How has that helped you? Definitely. I would say the case study is so important that if you don't have good case studies, it's going to be very hard to actually prospect to people and get them to want to hop on the phone with you. I did it when we were starting out blissful prospecting. I did yeah. sales calls with like no website. Actually, I booked clients, you know, so like you, you make it happen and you do whatever you got to do. I did that out of necessity. So the way that this comes in is like when you send an email to someone, it's going to sound a lot like, you know, something like this. Um, let's just use your business as an example, Donnie. Um, Hey, Donnie, I uh, was reaching out, noticed you're doing some really cool stuff with purpose-driven executive, and I would point out something specific like on a podcast that I liked. Cool. I was reaching out because we help uh, sales coaches and sales trainers build their sales pipeline. One challenge that we've noticed that sometimes sales trainers have is getting the attention of their dream clients. Wasn't sure if that was something you related with or not, but wanted to share this quick case study with another sales training group that we're working with that we helped increase their sales pipeline by three times. Take a look, let me know what you think. That's, that's sort of the vibe of the first email. Now that's a lot different, Donnie, than me sending something to you that says, hey, uh, yeah, we're gonna help you build your sales pipeline. And, and by the way, basically the underlying message there is, you gotta trust me, we know what we're talking about. Uh, and and, and you know, go check out the testimonials page on our website. And you see testimonials from marketing agencies, from nonprofits, from SaaS companies, you're like, I am not one of those companies, dude. <laughs> and you're going to click delete. You're not even gonna, probably going to, well, you're a nice guy. You might actually respond and give me feedback <laughs> on that. But it's so powerful to have something. No one wants to be the guinea pig. No one wants to be the first time. And to reduce that level of risk and uncertainty in the prospect's mind, you can show them something that looks very familiar in a business or a challenge that they relate to and then show proof that you actually know what the heck you're talking about. So uh, it doesn't matter whether someone's prospecting via phone or using right, technology of various methods, you have to show that you belong at the table, right? You yep. belong at the adult table before you can even open your mouth. And, and that's a part of it, these like testimonials, case studies. And I love the language that you use showing that you understand my world. Right. Yep. I, I understand your world. Here's a problem we're seeing. Here's someone who solved that problem. And so you've mashed up some really good, uh, you know, just best practices there. Take me into I want I want to kind of um, just go back into. So there, there's there's two two parts. I want to I definitely want to continue to pick your brain on on what you're delivering to us right now. Dude, this is some really good stuff, especially for those of us who have, who have gone to a place to where we can sell to anywhere, from anywhere. This is, this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. But I wanna hear about you personally, man. Mindset, motivation, methods, that had to have changed up, right? When you leave the corporate office and now you're in a place to where you could sit around your PJs, you can uh, watch Oprah and eat uh, potato chips if you wanted to. Uh, <laughs> talk to me, man, mindset, motivation, methods. What's changed and what have you found that's, that's helped you to stay engaged in those arenas? Hmm. It's an interesting question. Um, I would say one of the biggest things is 
taking supreme ownership over the stuff that you can control is something that uh, I'm very big on. Uh, Jocko Willink, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a yeah. Navy SEAL guy that uh, has a book called Extreme Ownership. Extreme Ownership, yes. And a part of me, <laughs> so this is the only time my dad has ever given me advice and told me not to do something. He usually asks questions, gets me to think, come up with my own solution. That's why I go to him for advice is when I tried to join the, the military, I, I wanted to be a, like, I thought I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And uh, he's like, well, why are you going? And the reasons why I gave him were, you know, for self-discipline and feel part of a team and serve my country and all this other stuff. And he's like, you know what, don't get me wrong. Like those are all good things. But if you're primarily looking for motivation and self-discipline, and this is when I was 23 years old, you know, so I was already out of college and in the workforce and stuff. He's like, honestly, cause he was a Marine. He's like, you're not going to get, you already have those things. And what is really intrigued me about the Navy SEALs and like the, the military is that extreme ownership of the leadership people. And for me, I've always looked at life. There are things that I can control and things that I cannot control. And a lot of the sales process and running a business, especially, there's a lot of things that you are in control of the activity piece of it, especially. So I don't ever want failure, the reason for that, to be from a lack of effort or a lack of activity uh, on my part. And it doesn't mean like I don't work 60-hour weeks. You know, usually I work a 40, 50-hour week. You know, I don't like go really crazy anymore like I used to in my early 20s. But the ownership over the activity and for prospecting that's, hey, is your team getting the contacts that they need. And then from there, holding them accountable, it's, dude, are you sending out the emails? Are you sending out the personalized videos that you need to be sending? It's a lot of it's action-based. And the thing that keeps me motivated is really building a business that doesn't have to rely on me to do everything. And, and sales is everything. It's everything, especially if you're a business owner, your ability to offer a better product or service is dependent upon revenue coming in the door and freeing up the space for you to be able to hire people to help you do it or to free up time in your schedule to be able to focus on your clients. It all starts with sales. All right, just wanted to take a real quick break here because I want you to go and hit the pause button and go over and connect with me on social media. Because if you're not there, like first off, how can we even be called friends, right? I want you to find me on LinkedIn. I want you to find me on Instagram. And it's Donnie Tuttle, D-O-N-N-I-E, Tuttle, T-U-T-T-L-E. And let's connect because here's the deal. Any of those little thought nuggets, any of those, you know, those things that are happening to me throughout my week, you are going to be able to connect with. And boy, I'd love to interact with you. So go ahead and do that. Let's keep the interaction going. Let's keep the party going. And now back to the show. Nothing happens till something is sold, my man. I was just kind of writing exactly. down those most valuable resources, right? Top one being time. The next one is probably money. The mm -hmm. next one is probably, I would say, you know, talents. Or I would yep. probably say relationships. And then, and then finally talents. And it's, you know, usually in those order, uh, in that order that we, we address those. But man, nothing happens until something is sold. So I'm really intrigued, man. Jason, I'm, I'm going into the area. So back to this whole trust thing, like building online trust, you, you were dealing with construction workers. This is like eyeball yeah. to eyeball, right? Type of stuff that's happening. 
and you found a way to take, and that's a high trust environment, right? Yeah. That, is, that is an industry where people need to actually feel like they can trust you. And you took that and you transferred that into a realm. Right now, do you have accounts in different states? I'm assuming you do business all over America? Uh, America and Canada, yep. America and Canada. And what we're talking about is, is taking that, that trust factor and transferring it online. How many of your clients have you actually met face-to-face, percentage-wise? Uh, two. <laughs> One is <laughs> okay. Austin. So we're, because you know, we just moved here to Austin, so we're starting to get more Austin clients. And okay. they requested to meet in person. Otherwise, we, we wouldn't have until a little bit further in the engagement. But so trust you- is a really interesting topic that you bring up because I feel like there's, there's like three different types of trust. And I've heard a lot of other sales people talk about this, but there's trust in your company, trust in your product or service and that it's going to help them. And then also trust in, in you as the individual. I think where we tend to put too much weight on is does the prospect trust whether the company is credible? And I can tell you just from firsthand experience that unless you have a company that's been around for a while and there's a lot of negative reviews online, people are probably going to, for the most part, trust your company, especially if you have a decent looking website. And I was able to sell stuff without a website, you know, so like, like you can do it. I think where we don't spend a lot of time, it's like we've worked with clients literally on the about page. It doesn't even have anything about the person that runs the company, like the owner of the company. And like when a big selling point is that person's experience and they don't even talk about themselves mm. at all. And so, so trust is really interesting to me because I, I think we don't talk about ourselves much uh, enough in terms of how you differentiate. Like, cause you are the differentiating factor when you're selling, especially if you're in a commoditized industry. And then also not taking the time to like really ask and probe uh, for objections around if the prospect thinks that your solution is a good fit for them too. Those are two things I've been thinking about quite a bit lately that I don't think that we really focus on enough, including myself as salespeople. I, I break this down to a calibration thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you look at when, when a child is born, right? And they're nursing and uh, you know, they're, they're just a foot away from, you know, inches away from their mother's face. And, you know, they're looking eyeball to eyeball. There's, there's that. That's like synchronizing with other humans starts right there. And, um, and, and then, you know, the reality is, is that when, when we're talking to someone, I think, I think most of us want to try to like the other person that's in front of us or there's a resistance to that. It's one of the two. And, like, the, the goal is, is, a, is a, again, just a synchronizing of, like, I see myself in this person. I believe this person. I think this person has my best interest at heart. And then, and, and it goes into the products and all of those things. Like they're, they're definitely different, different levels, but to do this and to do it online, my friend, and to not have met your people. Um, I would, I would say for me, I mean, in, in our journey, that was actually, that was a challenge to be able to replicate. And I wanted to find, I mean, if there were any uh, technologies or techniques that have enabled you to engage with people in a way to where you feel like they're, they're feeling just the genuineness, right, of, of, of the man willing to listen to the product and at least suspend disbelief until they can, they can figure out whether or not they want to trust you for what, yeah. for what you're doing. So what, what have you done, man? That's a, I know this is a, a long-winded question. What have you done to actually 
create that environment? Another great question. I, I think there's a couple simple things and there's one other thing that I'll talk about that's a little more in depth. There's some very simple things that you can do to create a better connection through someone online. And I learned a lot of this. Uh, so the construction company I was working with, I did a lot of recruiting for them too. And a lot of it was remote. So we would do uh, video calls like this and do interviews. Thank so you. One of, one of the very simple things that, that you can do is one, you should have video communication in your sales process. So the way that I do it is I do the first round sort of introductory calls through phone. The second call is always through Zoom. So I always get a chance to actually see the person. They get a chance to see me, et cetera. So that's, that's the first thing. Like make it a part of your sales process. Use Zoom. I would say Zoom is probably the best tool. It's the most affordable for small businesses too. Uh, I would stay away from Skype. Not everyone has a Skype account. You got to create an account to use it. It's a total pain in the butt. So there's a couple other techniques. Like when you're talking to someone, you and I are both, even though for the people listening, they can't see us necessarily, you and I are both making eye contact with the, co uh, with the camera. And one of the things that that does is it makes me That's feel a tough like one, by the way. it's really tough because I have to you know, kind of look up and I don't really look at you while I'm talking, you know? But one of the things you can do is, it, well, let me backtrack. The way that that makes me feel when you're doing that is that you're talking to me mm -hmm. instead of at me. It's sort of like when you're doing public speaking, the most powerful thing you can do is make eye contact with people in the crowd and talk to them instead of at the entire crowd. So don't talk to your computer screen. Talk to the person and show them that by looking at the screen. The other thing that you can do too, and you don't need like really fancy, crazy equipment to do this, but make sure that the lighting is good so people can see your face. Make sure that it looks professional. Um, you can get, I personally, like the webcam on, and I have a, like a nice Mac, it, the webcam's not great uh, compared to spending 40 bucks on a Logitech one that sits on top of your monitor. So get a good webcam that's got HD and it'll just look like you're actually like a professional, you can see clearly that sort of thing. The, uh, the last thing that I would say is make sure that the, the sound is really important. So like make sure like when you're doing a Zoom call, if you're in a place where there's a lot of echo or there are other people, like make sure you're using headphones and make sure that the sound is crystal clear so that again, the person doesn't feel like you're talking away like on speakerphone, they feel like you're talking to them on the phone. Those are the, like the really, really simple things. I think the most important thing, and this is, it's funny you brought this up because it's been something I've been thinking about too, is validation is so incredibly important in sales. And one of the things that we do is when a prospect shares a challenge that they're having or a concern or they share an objection, we tend to immediately go into getting defensive. And so for example, if a prospect's like, you know what, like Donnie, I really like you know, what you have to say here, but I just think your solution's kind of expensive. The first thing that we oftentimes do as a salesperson is like, we're thinking, well, it's not that much. It's, it's 3000 bucks a month. Like, this is not a big deal. It's less than the cost of a full-time employee. I, I don't know why you don't see the value. And instead of, you know what, Donnie, like, I totally understand why you'd feel that way. I'm actually a small business owner, as you know, myself, and it is a big commitment and it does cost about the same amount as a full-time employee. But you know, if you're open to it, I'd love to talk about why you know, taking a little bit of a risk uh, might be really valuable for you in the long term. It could help you accomplish the goals that you're that you're looking to accomplish. Is that, is that something you're open to talking about further? And what I did there 
is I said, you know what, Donnie, it's okay that you feel that way. It's okay. And this is how you actually build a genuine connection with someone even outside of a sales context. And I'll tell you what, uh, us men, we're, we're going to have probably more challenges in this area than women <laughs> because we tend to suppress our emotions, right? Instead of talking about them. So it's something I'm personally working on a lot that actually has helped my marriage too. And just, Hey, the other person shares how they're feeling or that they're frustrated. Let them know it's okay to feel that way before you start giving solutions. As a salesperson, when someone shares and, and a prospect is vulnerable with you and they share that, hey, I'm really struggling with sales right now. I don't know what to do. I get really anxious when I hop on calls with people. Hey, it's okay to feel like that. You know what? Let me tell you about a time that I felt that way too. And then digging into it from there. That's how you can build a really genuine connection with someone in general. But doing this through video, especially, you're going to feel like you're actually sitting there with the person. Mm. <laughs> man, thank <laughs> Lots of fact there. Thank, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, man. And uh, that's how I always start that. Like I always, I always want to, you know, thanks for, thanks for being willing to go there. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate that you were willing to give. And I love if you, I think you wrote down, if you're open to it. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you, uh, I, a couple of other variations that I throw in there is, you know, like if you're comfortable with blankety, so using the words, if you're open to, these are, these are ways that you can actually resist that urge mm -hmm. to, uh, to fight, right? To turn it into a wrestling match. It's yeah. not an argument. And uh, man, that is, that is some solid advice there. Um, that is, that's good, man. So I love that. If you're open, who wants to, uh, I think uh, another version I've used is open-minded. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't want to be open-minded, right? Exactly. Yep. So it's, uh, that's powerful. So, um, in, and you hit a couple of my favorite tools too. I would say Zoom, having a video, you know, some, some sort of video component to your touches. It just has to happen. And especially, I think if you're, if it's, if it's lower dollar, I think it can be a pre-recorded video or whatever, but, but when we, when we start talking about consulting or we're talking about something that's, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars on a regular basis, they're going to have to have some sort of feeling for who the person is. And, and it's, it, I can, I can probably put together a five minute video that's scripted or whatever. And that's one thing. But when you're talking to someone live, it's hard to fake that authenticity. And you yep. can tell, right, like from, from those things, whether or not you're getting the real deal for that, from that person. So, um, yeah, just, I think video's important. I think um, now you actually gave a, a, a tool to me. It's something that you've used with, um, with some of your nonprofits, and it's a part of a process. I know you have a, a really cool, elaborate process. But I was wondering if you could actually share the, um, the Vidyard example uh, because that's something I think that people right now where they're at can literally take three minutes, mm -hmm. listen to your tip and actually go out there and, and, and make something that works to a higher degree than what, than what they were doing five minutes ago. So can you share with me a little bit, share with the audience what you, uh, what you share with me on that? For sure. So there's, so there's this thing, video prospecting, right? I think that we've seen a lot of videos in the use of like marketing. So like through newsletters and, and it was, it's not like a one-to-one -one thing. Like you said, it's sort of a pre-can, I'm going to send this generic message out. And as salespeople, you know, we take what marketing does and we say, Hey, we, we're going to use it the way we want to use it. Right. And that's how these use cases started with, 
tools like Vidyard and, and Loom, and we use both. I'll talk about situations in which you might want to pick one or the other. But what salespeople started realizing is that, hey, if I can use this to send like a one-to-one -one, uh, communication with someone, it's kind of like leaving like a visual voicemail, <laughs> right? So the, where, the way that video comes in is one really important thing that we found out with prospecting is the how important it is to sort of segment your list and prioritize the prospects. So in other words, don't treat every prospect equally. Now you're probably thinking, well, why wouldn't we do that? They're all people that could hire us. Well, there's certain people when you start sending emails to them, if you're using a sales engagement tool like you know, a Mixmax or any other tool that will tell you if people are opening up emails, you can prioritize the extra stuff that you do based on people that are receptive to the approach. So one thing I never do is send a personalized video to someone that's never opened an email that I sent them. So the way that cadence might look is, I send that introductory email that I outlined earlier. I send a quick follow-up saying, hey, did you get this, et cetera. I might send a third email that shares another piece of content. And then after I've emailed them three times over the course of a week and a half or two weeks, I'm looking at, hey, who opened these emails? And I find that people open them multiple times, indicating that they might have forwarded them. And then I say, okay, if I sent 100 emails last week, here are the 10 people that look like they're opening a lot of these emails, but for whatever reason haven't responded. So that's the trigger event that I use to send videos to because it's some work to send videos. So from there, I use a tool called Loom primarily. We're also experimenting with Vidyard. They're both the same difference. You can use either one. They work exactly the same almost. Loom, I just think is a little bit more user-friendly. So... I actually included a, a, a guide that I, I can share with you guys too um, that I created. It, it'll help you get started with this stuff. Like yeah, we'll step link, by step. Look at that um, just for us. We'll link it to the show notes for sure. Yeah, so I, I'll share that with you guys later. Um, so essentially what you wanna do is you install the Chrome extension and then from there you have your list of 10 prospects and then it's all about what to say to them. So the same tips apply. You wanna make sure the lighting is good, make sure to look in the camera, make eye contact. But what we do at the very beginning is we hold up a piece of paper or a whiteboard and we put the person's name on it. We say, hi, Donnie. And then I do something like this where I'm waving into the camera. And what that does is it collects a thumbnail that's going to get embedded into the email. And it's me waving at the person and holding something with their name on it. So it shows them that the video is personalized. And then from there, you want to keep it to about 30 to 45 seconds. So I say something along the lines of this. So I'll just use your business as an example. Let's say I'm, I'm pitching your business. It'd be something like this. Uh, hey, Donnie, uh, wanted to mix it up a little bit here and send over a quick video to you. One of the things I'm a big fan of first off is your podcast. I really enjoyed this episode with this person and I got this thing from it. And by the way, I was reaching out because uh, we noticed that some of the you know, sales uh, training organizations and, and coaches that we work with uh, sometimes have challenges getting the attention of their dream clients. And sometimes it's because they're too busy to do the prospecting themselves, whatever it might be. I didn't know if that was a challenge that you're having at this time, but if it is, we might be able to help you out. Uh, I left a couple of times in the email that we could chat, go ahead and check that out. And if now is not a good time, feel free to let me know that as well. Keep up the good work. Hope to talk to you soon. Something along those lines. It's something quick and personal, uh, a call to action on, or excuse me, uh, an example of like what you do and like the types of businesses that you help and how you could help them. And then a quick call to action. Guys, uh, for your viewing pleasure, I actually, we, we're going to make sure that we have that captured. Go back 
wash, rinse, repeat. Jason literally is just now, he's exposing the DNA of what <laughs> success looks like here. And I'm going to tell you that if you're just going to go out there and try to do it alone, <laughs> good luck. Do you know how to find the pioneers, Jason? They're the guys with all the arrows sticking out of their back. And so <laughs> you, you've already done this for us. You've already made this easy for us. And I know it wasn't easy for you to, to, to arrive at this place. And um, I, mean, I just want to encourage people to, to take that. Take what's, what Jason just now delivered to you and, uh, and, and put it out there. This is, this is gold right here. I've actually been experimenting with this myself. I, I don't even have time to, uh, to I'm, I'm having to be careful because I don't want to open up too many doors that I have to keep walking into. I don't have time literally for the follow-up that it's created. Yeah. So it's good stuff. This, 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 this guy right here has been trying it for the last uh, couple of weeks. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. So yeah, it's a great tool. I, it, when done correctly, you're going to get responses from people that are like, Whoa, like love the personalized video. Let's chat if done correctly. So, you know, video is not going to fix all of your problems. You still got to have a good pitch. You still got to look good on the camera. You still got to do all those things. So, but it's going to be a really great way to differentiate yourself because I don't know about you. I've only ever received one prospecting video from a salesperson ever. So, and, and I'm going to go on a, on a slight rant. Okay. Um, <laughs> any which way you can. The idea is that in, in our world, uh, we get colored to be all the same. Mm -hmm. And in your job as a sales pro, and my job as a sales pro is in order to influence, I have to be able to, 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 to get inside of your circle. And in order to do that, I have to be different, right? We have to stand out from the nameless, faceless mass of people who are barraging us with, you know, these, these canned emails or, or these phone calls that sound like they're professional or whatever. We want to be able to show that we're different. And there's so many different ways. Listen, man, I got people who are prospecting Jason through facts. Okay. Yeah. Facts because no one else is doing it. It works. Yeah. One of my favorite tools is a handwritten letter with a wax sealed stamp. Like, you know, like, like a King sent it. Dude, yeah. people remember when they open it, it's like yep. whatever you can do, You've got to be able, I've got a, a fun campaign that I'm about to launch uh, next week and I'm not going to give away specifics, but it's going to involve, um, it's going to involve infinity gauntlets and uh, <laughs> something to do with a, uh, with, with a snap to certain people that yeah. I, want, I want their attention. And, and the deal is, is attention is, is, is at a premium. You want my attention, you've got to show that you deserve it and you've got to show me that you're different. And all of these things that you're doing, the cool thing is, Jason, what you're doing is you're not having to get like these personalized gifts for these people. This is very scalable. Like what you're talking yep. about, very scalable. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I can sit like every Tuesday morning, I block off an hour and I can send out 15 to 20, sometimes 30 videos, depending on how fast I'm going. They only take 45 to 60 seconds to record. And if you have someone else getting all the information for you, you know, a virtual assistant or whatever, and just putting it all out there in a spreadsheet, you can really rip through these pretty fast and, and they're very effective. Mm, love it, man. So um, you've given us a lot to chew on and um, this is gonna be an episode where I'm gonna go back and listen to it a few times myself. Jason, 
tell us this, man. If we want to connect with you, connect with Blissful Prospecting, tell us, uh, I want you to tell us how we can do that. And if there's any last mojo, anything else that you want to shake into this, um, any, anything that's been on your mind or any soapbox that you've been on or just one last encouragement that you can, can give to us on the way out, dude, that would, that would set us ablaze. Cool. So there's, there's two places I would check out. Uh, one is blissfulprospecting.com slash Donnie. That's where you can find that PDF I put together. It'll show you in like five minutes exactly how to get started with video. So I'll take the mystery out of the process, what tool to use, and then also give you a script of what to say. So definitely check that out. And then the other place would be LinkedIn. I post a couple videos usually each week on LinkedIn and just search for Jason Bay, uh, Blissful Prospecting on, on LinkedIn and you can find me. Would love to connect with people. That's how you can get a, a really good feel for the content and I share a ton of valuable stuff there that I think you guys will like. The thing that I would leave you with and the thing that I always say with prospecting is don't prospect to make a sale, prospect to start a conversation. People are not going to they're not going to reply to your prospecting email with their credit card information. And if they do, it's probably a scam. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. The only purpose for this is if you do your research up front and you research the accounts, make sure you're reaching out to the right person, you know that they likely have a need for what you have and you need to start a conversation with them. All you need to do is sell the appointment. Don't try to sell your product or service when prospecting. Woo! Dude, that is uh, solid gold. Know where you're at. Know what's relevant. Golly, don't, don't, don't kiss me too early, man. Don't go for that. Don't go yeah. for that. <laughs> Thank you, man. Dude, you have, you have crushed it today and uh, absolutely delivered the value. We're going to be watching you on LinkedIn. And guys, listen, uh, go grab that free PDF. Jason, I'm waiting for mine. I'm, I'm waiting to get my hot little hands on it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for, for those of you who are out there, I know that this has helped you to, to level up your game. Please interact with Jason. And, um, and for yourself, just remember, guys, if we, can, if, we can, if we can get to the place where we can sell anywhere, we can sell everywhere. And that's one of those things where we're bringing resources into this world, which allows us to release our talents into this world and be all that we're supposed to be. Jason, thanks for hanging with us today, brother. Cool. Thanks for having me on, Donnie. Hey, thanks for joining us. And before you hit that next button on that phone, I want you to continue with me for just a little bit longer because I've put something together, especially for you. I want you to go over to DonnieTuttle.com and you are going to find that I have put together a course on selling anywhere. I have literally taken all of the mistakes out of this thing that I've learned over the course of two and a half years and I provide a template of how you can go out there and sell anywhere. Everything from the traveling and the moving to the setup to the teardown to the mindset methods and motivation to different formats of being able to present to people in a way that is compelling. I have done that for you and I'm asking you to go to DonnieTuttle.com and download the first class session for free. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you on the next episode.